Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. Artofmoneyradio.com. That's how you meet the team and set up that initial consultation in just a few clicks with the McPherson Financial Group. See all the services that they have to offer. And also online, that's where you'll find the Artist Vault. Art McPherson is set down with celebrities, A-list celebrities from the stage, Hall of Famers, award winners, athletes, musicians, you can hear a lot of the interviews online at artofmoneyradio.com. And Art, you had the opportunity to play golf with UFC champion Chris Weidman. How did this come together? Well, we were at the Tim Tebow event. And one of the things that Tim does each year is he has a charity event that he raises a lot of money for his foundation um, and all the good things that they do. Um, and it's always a privilege to be around him and what they do. And I met Chris there because we got a chance to play golf with Chris. So we got to spend about four and a half, five hours with Chris playing golf and our team did well. We finished kind of in the middle of the pack. Um, he had his brother-in-law playing with us who could hit the ball a mile, but sometimes it would go left. Sometimes it would go right. Sometimes right. it would go straight. Um, and Chris was kind of a new to the golf game. I think he had picked it up when he had gotten hurt. Um, so he's only been playing a couple of years. So he was a little inconsistent too. And I was coming off of my surgery. So I was a little inconsistent too. Beat up for some here. I know. So we were... We were not the best, but we were able to use best ball, you know, so we were able to do the best shot. So out of the four of us, because we had Eddie playing with us, we had a good drive all the time um, and we had things that we could do and, and shots we could play. But some of those shots were not the prettiest. Well, here it is. The newest member to the artist vault. He's an NCAA All-American, former UFC middleweight champion and 2013 MMA fighter of the year. Here's Art McPherson and Luke McCarty. And Chris Weidman. Chris, thank you, and welcome to the program. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Let's get the first thing out of the way. You are a UFC fighter, and you have been off and out of the ring for a while because you broke your leg in mm -hmm. a fight. So can yes, you explain a little bit what happened? Because we talked about it while we played golf, and I can mm -hmm. tell you right now, I went back and looked at the pictures, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, it, is, it was definitely brutal. So almost a year ago, uh, April 24th of last year, um, I was fighting in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, it was actually the first sporting event actually ever uh, since COVID that had fans back. And uh, 17 seconds into the fight, I threw a very hard leg kick and it landed on bone on, on the knee and my leg uh, snapped in half and I threw it really hard. So I thought I, I, I thought I just kind of hurt him. So I figured, you know, any more of those, he's going to be really hurt. Uh, I went to go step back, and then that's when I realized the leg wasn't really there anymore. I fell back, and uh, it was a nightmare. It was extremely painful. <laughs> it's the first time anybody's ever won a fight without one offensive move thrown. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was weird when I was doing some homework on your fight. I, I saw the other fight where you won the championship against Silva and he broke his leg. Mm hmm. And those yeah. are the two. You've been in both fights that guys broke their legs. You were in both yeah, of them. Yes. I think there's been a total of three and I'm in two of them on both sides. <laughs> of it. So I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what God is trying to tell me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was definitely crazy. Very surreal. Because the only time I ever seen someone's leg break like that was when I broke Anderson Silva's leg. And so when I went down, I looked at my leg and right away. I'm like, wait, this is not Anderson Silva's leg. That's my leg. How the heck is that my leg? That is freaking crazy. And I was just like, all right, stay calm. 
and that was it. You kind of poo-pooed it while we were playing golf together, and you're out there walking around. I mean, I could see the scar. It was pretty big, but holy cow, that was a nasty, nasty break. Yeah, I could tell. it was nasty. And it, it probably didn't help nasty. when you tried to stand on it either. Uh, no, no. I went <laughs> I went back, and I was staring him in the eyes like, bro, you're not taking any more of those kicks. And then all of a sudden, I went crippled on him. <laughs> and I was like, stay away. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm I bet. Out. Please don't come at me. I am dying oh, over no, here. Man, ref, you're here to stop that fight now. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I had learned about you that we didn't talk about while playing golf, but you went through Hurricane Sandy and had your house pretty destroyed by it. But then you helped other people rebuild homes, too, through like Staten Strongen event. Yeah, that was a devastating time. But it's 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 funny how like no matter what's going on in your life, there's always people, always people who have it worse. And so that was a good that was a good example of that situation, because, you know, I, I was in my I stayed in my house with my cousin. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like I, I got my my kids and my wife and everybody out of the house and me and him, him stayed back and. We figured, you know, we're just going to hang out. You know, they said the storm was going to be bad, but there was never like flooding on our street ever. We, we were on a canal, but never had issues like that. And next thing you know, we look out the window as it starts getting dark. You see like, you know, water coming down the street. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is nuts. But like, we're still like kind of having fun. You know, we got right. four games. We're going to drink a little bit. You know, we're just going to have a good time. Power goes out. And we're still like, all right, we got the candles. We're kind of prepared for power to go out. And then all of a sudden you hear crashing and stuff downstairs because we were upstairs. And we go downstairs. We're like, what the hell is that? And then I'm like, holy crap. I go into my garage and the whole garage is filled like four feet with water. Another about another foot and it's going to be through, you know, going into the first floor. So now I'm trying to save everything that we had in the garage. You know, we're carrying it upstairs. And the next day I know it is in our whole first floor. You know, it's it went up. It went up 10 feet from sea level and we were on sea level. So it went up, you know, three and a half foot crawl space into our first, you know, into the basement, into the first floor. And, you know, it was coming through the bathtub, you know, like through the bathtub faucet and coming through the tiles on the ground. The water level was just coming up. And that meant sewage and everything. And we just kept trying to save as much stuff as possible, carry it upstairs. But it was a, that was definitely a, a surreal situation to be in. And, but fast forward, you know, you know, the next week was kind of hell trying to like clean everything out. So things don't get mold and you kind of left on your own. It felt like a third world country. There wasn't much help. Like, Cause they you couldn't really get to you, right? For you. No, they couldn't get to us. And there was just too many people that needed help. Um, you know, there was, it, it was crazy. It was a wild time. And it's amazing how like a, a place that's great, like on Long Island in New York and, you know, you have money, you kind of have everything that you need. And then out of nowhere, a natural dis- disaster could shut it down and there's nobody to help you. You're on your own and you don't have the capabilities like to fend for yourself. It was surreal, but it, forget about me. It was more like my next door neighbor doesn't even have flood insurance, 80, 80 something years old, one floor, whole house, completely devastated and trying to help them out. Yeah. And us being in Florida, we've been through some hurricanes, so we know what you're talking about. And yeah, it is, you it is one do. of those things. Yeah. It is one of those things that there's nothing you can really do at all. So let me ask you one last thing and then I'll let uh, Luke ask you a couple of questions, but you did a little bit of TV. I saw heaven can wait. You were on four episodes. Yeah. That, was, you a, like that? that was a good time. So Kevin James and I became close friends. He's from Long Island. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm not the type of guy who's doing impersonations and, you know, I'm not like a quick, quick study when it comes to acting. Not great at memorizing lines and, you know, portraying other characters. (laughs) But Kevin, like he knew I kind of 
you know, I, I, you know, I was able to be open with him and tell him, you know, listen, I, I'm not good at acting. I'm not trying to be a professional <laughs> actor, whatever. So he came up with a good part for me. It was basically me. There was a lot of lines. It, the first time I ever acted, it was me, Adam Sandler. He was my partner as a cop and Kevin James. So I'm in between these two amazing actors, kind of legends in the uh -huh. game and also comedians and, you know, and we're in front of a live audience, which is, you know, I got nervous when I saw Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler was like, he was nervous because he, he goes, <laughs> man, this is the first time I've been in front of a, a live audience in like, you know, 20 something years. And I'm like, oh crap, I got to be really nervous then uh, because I had a whole bunch of lines, but it, it, I had actually, I had a great time. It was fun. I had a lot of help. I had a lot of coaching. So I, I, I did my best and it came out great. Hey, Chris, Luke McCarty here. Thanks for joining the show in the podcast. A couple of questions yeah, for no you. No problem, man. What has been your biggest win during your MMA career? Uh, I have to go with my Anderson Silva win. It, that's uh, that was the first time I won a world championship. Uh, the first time I accomplished like my main goal uh, that I set out for myself. You know, I played all different sports and I always had lofty goals and I never really accomplished them all throughout college and and, and then after college. And to finally, you know, accomplish my goal of becoming a world champion that was that was great. On top of it, beating Anderson Silva, who was you know known as one of the greatest of all time and uh, a guy who was undefeated in the UFC and people really didn't think he could be touched. And so to go out there and knock him out like that and win the belt was the best feeling. Yeah, that was that was a really good fight. So he was what he had like a 16 win streak at that time. And he did seem untouchable until you. So with your broken leg and coming back from injury, what's kind of your timeline? What, what do you see for this year and next? Um, I, th I think I'm going to be fighting in the summer um, sometime, probably late July. August. I've been working real hard and, you know, getting myself to the point where um, I'll be ready to fight. And I kind of did a mock training camp recently and I feel good. The leg is still not as strong as I'd like it to be. So I'm constantly working on that. And I think without, within the next couple of weeks, next month, it's going to be where I needed to be uh, for me to be really happy and then set a fight. And then typically a, a training camp is like eight weeks eight weeks to 10 weeks. So uh, then I'll prepare. So your background, like in high school and college, you were a wrestler, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. And all American actually. All Luke. American. Yes. yes. Yep. So mm, four times training, American. Holla. <laughs> when it comes to training, despite the fight camp and, you know, the, the actual getting ready for the actual opponent, what do you think is more difficult? Cutting weight for wrestling or, or training and cutting weight for MMA? Wrestling to me is still the hardest sport in the world. It's such a grueling sport is the reason why, like, you don't see wrestling schools around like you see jujitsu schools and, and, you know, karate schools is because wrestling is super hard and you probably can't be doing it much after like 30 years old, unless that's what you do, kind of like me, uh, because it's just very hard on the body. You're in this wrestling stance where all your muscles are engaged and you got another human being trying to tear your head off and uh, the takedowns start from the feet, go to the floor. A lot of room for error. A lot of injuries could happen. It's just such a grind. And uh, with MMA, you could kind of mix it up a lot, you know, where I could wrestle one day. The next day I do boxing or kickboxing. So your body kind of can get rest from different arts. Uh, where wrestling, you have to do that every single day. And so it's just that is to me, you know, getting like going through a college division one college wrestling season, getting ready for the nationals, that whole process is kind of what molded me into a person that was ready to take on the world when it came to martial arts because 
I still don't think there's anything harder than doing doing that. One last question, Chris, and then we'll let you go because I know you just got off the training as you came onto the show today. How long in this, with the UFC type of situation, how long can you be a professional athlete at that level? So it's very different for everybody. Um, I will say that in the UFC right now, every single champion is in their 30s. So, which is okay. crazy when you compare that to boxing. I think all of them are probably in their 20s. Um, mm -hmm. because MMA, there's so much to learn. There's so much that you have to become a master of before you, you know, are, are really able to compete with the best. And then on top of that, the experience that you gain from that competition of fighting somebody, there's a lot of mental work that needs to go down. There's lots of, there's a couple of champions in their forties right now and all the champions are in their thirties. And, uh, yeah, so I'm 37. I, I don't plan on fighting for, you know, that much longer. I want to, I want to get the belt you know, one more time, shock some, shock the world. And especially with everything that I went through with my leg that was on the world stage, you know, to be able to come back from that and accomplish something like becoming a world champion again, I think it's going to be a, a inspirational story. So I agree with you. All right. One last question. It's a family question. We're both dads, uh, Luke and I here. So we relate to kids. You've got three kids. So yes, your sir. professional job is fighting. So how do you keep your sons from fighting too much when you're you do that as a career? <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard. Well, now not fight with fighting with other people. They, they that is not happening. They will not do that. My kids are probably more uh, likely to get bullied than to be beating someone up in school. I, that's something I engraved into them very early on because there's nothing like you know, oh, Chris Weidman's son beat up my son, and you know, UFC, he's a UFC right. fighter. So we're not having right. that. But uh, them beating the crap out of each other, that is a constant battle. <laughs> that I think old parents struggle with. But I don't even know if it's any different. Now, does your wife like when you fight, or does she cringe? Oh, I think she hates it. I, you know, she puts her head down the whole time. She deals with it. She knows I love to do it. Originally, our plan was if I ever came home with a black eye, because she's my high school sweetheart. So, you know, when I decided I, I was going to get yeah. into MMA, that was after my wrestling career. And I said, I'm going to get into MMA now. And she said, okay, well, if you do this, if you ever come home with a black eye, it's over. And so I made sure there's, there was no black guy. And the next thing I know, it, there was, uh, you know, just it never ended. <laughs> that was in 2008. <laughs> we had that conversation right around the time we got married. So it's definitely a, a very anxiety ridden uh, position to be in as anybody who is close with a fighter who's going in there because you don't know what's truly going to happen. It's a very tough, right. tough uh, thing to deal with. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Look forward to watching your comeback and just make sure you let us know if you're going to fight. We want to be there. I appreciate that. Let's do it. I definitely will. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right, I bye appreciate bye. it. Take care. UFC star Chris Weidman joining us here on the Art of Money, now a member of the Artist Vault. I'll be honest, Art, uh, if I break my leg in that fashion on the national stage, I'm done. I'm tapping out. <laughs> it's been a good career. It was pretty over. bad, I know. <laughs> Don't Google it. Whatever you do, do not Google it. <laughs> You're making everybody do it now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not 
not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A174725. Today's show has been a work of art. 